<clears throat> we can do like community convos with the core because this is mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I like that. Community com- community convos with the core. Yeah. Okay, that sounds cool. Thoughts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, guys? This is our first episode of Community Convos with the Core. Yay! Yay! Excited. <laughs> Okay, so um, first we'll all introduce ourselves. My name is Yesenia Carrion. I'm Romo. Catherine Zerubita. Kathy Ortiz. And we are the CAIC Contact Tracers Community Resource. Health Resource. Workers. What do you, okay, so that, let's start off with that question because I get that, I get asked a lot. Like, what, what are you? What, what, what do you do for a living or what's your job? And the first answer that I give is Contact Tracer because that was our original position it's yeah. the easiest thing to say <laughs> what do you say it is now you know what i have been what i've essentially always told people because i did so little contact tracing for so long is i help coordinate community outreach for a contact tracing team and that's all write that down i'm gonna use that one <laughs> <laughs> because i say it a lot mm-hmm. and people do ask and then you know we go off into contact tracing and what that's about um but yeah because in a way, since almost the very beginning, we've done a lot more than just contact tracing. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've been in food pantries and at various <clears> community <throat> events and created flyers and other educational materials. So and I'm yeah. sure we're going to get a lot more job positions as we go along. Um, but let's start off with, I mean, how did this all begin? Because when I heard about the job position, I, I mean... I. You had already been hired for like a year, right, Kathy? Or, I'm sorry, a month, right, Kathy? Um, Probably like two weeks. Two weeks? Oh, oh, dang. Okay. (laughs) So did you even know at that point what a contact tracer was or that this program was available? So when this first... So when we started, like, with the shelter in place and the pandemic, um, like, you know, was the way of living... You know, I was just sitting around and then, you know, I was on a computer <clears throat> and I saw the job description for part-time work. And I'm like, that's perfect because I already teach like online. So part-time I'm already work. at that's home. Funny. It was part-time, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I submitted my application um, for part-time work and, you know, waited a couple months because I'm like, well, what happened to that? Like, mm-hmm. did they hire people? Um, and then in September or late August... Um, I got the interview, um, I got the call from CAIC um, and walked in, but I didn't know what position, um, you know, I was being interviewed yeah. for. Yeah, wow, okay. So, so, yeah, so that was probably, you know, by the time they actually brought me on board, it was mid-September. So I had about two weeks to um, figure things out. Yeah, that had to have been a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> so just so you're aware, CAIC stands for... Calumet Area Industrial Commission, which is located on the west side of the Bishop Ford on 111th, and has been in the community for over 25 years. Um, Our mission is? Part of the mission is to support industry in the southeast side of Chicago and the south side. They also help people find jobs in manufacturing. They support educational programs that not only provide scholarships, but they also help run apprenticeships. And they work with all of the local area colleges, both community colleges and universities, to help people train and get educated for jobs in manufacturing. And our CEO thought it was really important to really undertake this work because it already serves the community um, and that's how it got funding and we were able to partner with the Chicago Department of Public Health um, really just to help mitigate COVID in our communities which you know we we know already suffer from um, health disparities and and you know there are inequities in in access to resources Mm -hmm. so um, the fact that we were able to hire people from um, South Deering and mm-hmm. South Chicago, the East Side, Roseland, 
and um, also we serve the um, Chicago part of Riverdale mm-hmm. um, really puts us in the heart of the South Side as well. Um, yeah. well Southeast Side, right? Kind of. Yeah. Um, and and bringing in the you know staff members who know this community was such a great benefit to how we're able to connect those resources that we yeah. already have, those networks we've established, and really dig in and do some work. Yeah, and I think that that's that's the the great part about this is like although our team had started off with sixteen people, including Kathy. Um, there were what was it six hundred throughout the city, 600. correct? Mm-hmm. So each um organization like CAIC had um a, their own team. So mm-hmm. we are part of the CAIC community outreach team, contact tracers. But there are organizations all throughout the city that have their own teams, and we've been able to work with them and make um um connections and make uh, build relationships with people all around the city which is great because it it, it just helps service our community even better because we see what works in other neighborhoods what doesn't and vice versa so and our core work includes um contact tracing um working a city hotline and that is to connect people to appointments and other resources um, a canvassing team, so you know we're out there knocking on doors, distributing information, working um, city events, um, including the vaccination pods at the city colleges, um, and our own community outreach efforts. So we've really developed this work from contact tracing into these different um, types of of efforts that really help us get to people right at their doorsteps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, we have all of the resources of the Chicago Department of Public Health to call on, and um, their training has been excellent, and their support has really mm-hmm. made a big difference in how effective we're able to be in the community. Yeah. And that community aspect is really important. So going back to what I was saying about being able to hire people from this community, like we have um, some recent alum from, from George Washington High School who were contacted by their teachers um, and were able to go in and do presentations to their students. And so we use that data um, to really help drive continued efforts and to figure out what the needs are mm-hmm. in you know those um, specific settings, like those high schools. Um, and those school, or those students, I'm sorry, those mm-hmm. students come from the community. So yeah. it's a reflection of what people um, still need in terms of information. So funny story uh, when I came in for my interview. I mean, okay, look at yeah, I've known Texanos, who's the CEO of Calumet um, Area Industrial Commission, for years. I mean, for years we've worked to, together in the community, and I'm very familiar with CEIC from years, you know. But you know, you're going in for an interview, so you're like nervous, whatever. So I put the address. I put CAIC in ways. All right. So I don't know if it ever happens to y'all that, like, you just zone out when you're driving. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're driving, you're looking at the direction you're driving. I'm driving. Now, mind you, the directions sent me all. If you put in, use ways, put in CAIC, it sends you, like, past Cottage Grove. Like, where am I even pointing? Past Cottage Grove, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute. No, there's no build. There's vacant buildings out there. I'm like, and I called back and I think, I think it was Barb that answered the phone. She's like, no, we're in the U.S. Bank building. I'm like, duh. Like, why didn't I remember that? I was so embarrassed. And I was like, oh my God, I swear. I know where you're at. Like, yeah, it was so embarrassing. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, that's what happened to me. But if you put it in, I swear. I'm like, I told him, I was like, I swear to God, if you put in your CAC, it sends you over there somewhere. And and just a side note, like, we are, we're, we are the contact tracers, community response workers, um, you know, <laughs> the other staff in the office are always like, yeah, the contact tracers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of hate going on. No, but they love us. Yeah. These people in here are, are amazing, and I love coming in here because they're always so helpful. Um, and so I called, I called Grace, Godmother Grace, um, because, you know, when we did the trunk or treat, I'm like, we need lots and lots and lots and lots of candy. And she delivered. And the candy, we put it in my front seat, and 
when I was driving, I couldn't figure out why my seatbelt indicator kept oh, telling me funny. that this, because he thought like that the person. candy was a person and it needed to be belted. Um, but yeah, both Ted and Grace have been super, super supportive. Um, and I could not have asked for better supervisors. Yeah. So, thank you. Thankful for yes, this work. Thank you, Ted and Grace. I, I came in and I was like, I'm not going to want to take this. Like, I'm not going to be interested. You know, call, taking calls. The only thing that interested me was that it was from home. And um, I didn't know anything about COVID. Like, I mean, I knew that we were in a pandemic. You know, I knew I was home because of that. But I didn't know much about it, you know. And I, I didn't feel one way or another. I'm, I'm an introvert, so... I was okay with being home. Like, I'm good. Like, yeah, like, okay, we're in a pandemic. Great. That means that I don't have to do anything and nobody else is either. So I won't have FOMO. (laughs) And I don't have to explain to other people why I'm at home on a Friday night. Exactly. I feel bad because I'm not out at a club somewhere. But, yeah, it happened that way with me. I had been following the the news about COVID a lot. we had just read a book in my book club about the last outbreak of bubonic plague in England in the 1600s. And so when this came up in the news, it was like, oh, yeah. You know, they always say that there's going to be another pandemic, and then, of course, there never is. And this time there was. And I was teaching online, but we had gotten emails from the university first that final exams were going to be completely online. And by the end of that week, which was, I think, a Friday the 13th in March of 2020, they had canceled everything in Mm -hmm. person. Students had to move out of the dorms really fast. All classes went online, and a lot of faculty weren't prepared for that at all. But I had been kind of reading obsessively about COVID as a way of coping with the stress. And when this job came up, I loved the fact that I could do it from home, but I also loved the fact that I could actually do something to help in the middle of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because really one of the hard parts of of it was the feeling of, of helplessness, mm-hmm. of not being able to do anything. Yeah. So this really helped. What um, about you? Um, yeah. From the perspective, so when COVID like first broke out, um, I was a senior in college. I was still on campus, and I didn't think any of it. So, in in a col- uh, on college campus, it was kind of like you were in your own, you were secluded in your own world. Not like everything that was happening outside, COVID, and all that. It just really didn't exist or like really hit anybody. We're just like, oh, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and even um, that February, end of February, beginning of March, we went uh, home for spring break. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't um, mean anything about, like, we had our first... I think that by that time, we had our first case in Chicago already. And I was at the Water Tower Mall, and some lady, like, just coughed next to me. I didn't think anything of it. And she automatically was like, I don't have COVID. Like, oh. she's like, I'm not sick. <laughs> and, and in my mind, I was just like, um, I, well, I didn't care. Like, yeah. you know, we only had one case in Chicago. And then as soon as, like, it just started spreading and we got our first case, like, um, within the small town where the campus was, it was just like, okay, now it's, like, total lockdown. Now it's hitting you, like, oh, dang. Yeah, we couldn't go to each other's dorms anymore. Um, We couldn't really um, bring outside guests to the campus anymore. Um, It had gotten a lot stricter. Um, And I think by the beginning of April, I just packed up and went home for the rest of the semester. And it really threw me off and... You could say, I'm regretting I didn't have a, gra- a graduation. My um, godson should have graduated, should have, you know, he was graduating from um, senior year, you know? So it's just like, you don't realize that, like, those moments are like, yeah, I remember my, my in high school, I remember my, my luncheon and my, mm-hmm. uh, even cut, like, senior, senior cut day. day. <laughs> senior dish day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that, that, like, um, those are the ones that you remember, the, the pictures that, that I have, like, are from those events that we were all together and they didn't have that you know so it's just like that i think that's what that's where it hit me like damn like this is really gonna affect in the long run because they're not able to have those moments you know and i think like those years like the senior years whether it was eighth grade uh high school uh college like those are the memorable years because it's like you're moving on to another chapter and you really didn't have that transition you know um, but yeah, and I lived in the dorms, and I could that had to suck, just be stuck in your dorm. 
I mean, I was never even in my dorm. I was always in somebody else's dorm. So, it's, yeah, that would have been hard. How, how did the RAs enforce you all not going to each other's rooms? So, normally, before everything happened, the RAs, like, I think within from midnight to 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. would come monitor just anyway, just, like, because we weren't, we're supposedly not supposed to have guests um, after hours because, you know, people would be studying, Mm -hmm. people are sleeping, you don't want to interrupt that. Um, But now once that's, like, shutdown came in, um, we had campus security, like, more, like, I don't know if they hired more or, like, they were just more active, but, like, you saw campus security, like, frequently around campus okay um and not necessarily like at the at the doors of the the dorms but they would always be asking you like hey where are you going which dorm are you staying in um and kind of just like you kind of like just went to your dorm like Mm -hmm. back in junior high why aren't you doing your homework yeah (laughs) (laughs) where's your where's your hall pass (laughs) something like that and now that some of us and a lot of us on our team because okay how many how, well, let's back up a little. When we, well, again, when we first got hired, how many were on our team? Was it 15? 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. Including myself is 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of transition and within the year and a half has it been already? Mm-hmm. Almost a year and a half. And when I first started, uh, we were just talking about this earlier. <laughs> when I first started with the contact tracing, it wasn't bad. I actually was surprised that it wasn't bad. Um, in the beginning when we were doing all the training I'm like there's no way I'm going to be able to do this like there's no way my kids are going to be going remote like there's no possible way but I'm not I'm, I'm going to just take it day by day and then um, it did seem a little overwhelming at first with all the training but once they threw us in the contact tracing I was fine like I was like right. okay um, we could do this you know now when the transition went to the call, the call center I every single morning of that first week I was like, I, I'm just going to text her. I'm just going to text her. <laughs> I'm done. Like, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> that first week, we, we we jumped on the call center. My eye was twitching super yeah. hard <laughs> for at oh least two God. days straight. I was on the beach in Puerto Rico, so. <laughs> oh, my God. It was. When I tell you, like, I have never, like, there had not been a job ever that I wanted to quit on the spot. Like. It was so, it was, and I think, and it wasn't even because it's like, I hate this job. No, it was just like overwhelming. Like the calls were call after call after call after call. And like, we were scared to put it on hold because they called us out on it. As soon as we were putting it, I'm like, how, and I'm like, like, how are they watching so many people at the same time? Like, because I think they made a, they, they messaged about me that mine was, um, that I wasn't on. And I'm like, well, it's not letting me on. And, And that too, like we weren't. You know, there was a lot to figure out. It was a lot. And Um, even on our end, it mm -hmm. was just like, okay, because I would get the same messages and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, I, and then we're responding to everybody in the chat, right? Yes. It's like, wait a minute. I can't do this and do that. And, and it was, it was very overwhelming. And I I felt the same way you said. I was like, um, that phrase you would always say it's a move it's like we're putting a, t- a car together while it's moving or something like that and i was like it's always like that yes always like that and it always feels like that every time we yeah. change it feels like we're kind of doing it on the fly and making up the details as we go along the basic parts are kind of mm-hmm. there we know what they want us to do and they, yeah we know the outcome that they want and then like how we get between the two is always the big challenge but I think that's been the strength of, of you know, because I see you all, in, or not see you, but, you know, I I know the work that you do every day. Um, and I think that's the strength of this team is that we've been able to adapt to those changes, right? And we're always looking for ways to um, either make things better or look for alternatives yeah. to make things a little bit smoother. Um, and, and really get creative with it at times, too. So, um I really love the space that that we occupy in the community with doing this work and finding ways to continue to still reach. Um, you know, I don't think people see the other side of it. They only see the outcome. They only see yeah. us when we're out there doing these things. But there's so much work that goes into it on our side. And I just have to say, I have, I'm really proud of all the work that you've done, um, even with our most recent work projects. But, um, you know. I, and like I tell you, you are a part of, of history, 
And I think that's important um, to share and, yeah. and to continue to let people know what you do. You, and you're doing everything, really. Yeah. So. yeah, and we're kind of almost by accident right in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. um, I never expected to be the person that, you know, random neighborhood friends email with COVID questions or, you know, how do I get a copy of my vaccine records uh, or something like that, that we sort of fallen by accident into being COVID experts. Yeah. It's kind of like you're proud to be able to help. Like you mm -hmm. just, like, I have this information now. Like I know what, you know, I know what it is now. You know, I, I want to share mm -hmm. it, you know? So yeah, it's definitely, I'm glad I, I stuck through it because I'm glad you did too. There was a lot of moments that I was like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and it was really funny in, in going back into the contact tracing um, after, you know, having been trained and then doing other things and stuff to sort of feel like I really understood how that process was going and um, how, you know, how nice people are yeah. when mm -hmm. you call them in general. Yeah. Uh, and how... I've been pretty lucky with that, I think. Like, yeah. once in a while, but I don't think I've ever gotten anybody that pissed me off. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe once or twice. But not like... Like, I feel like poor Raynanda. Raynanda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Raynanda's always gotten yeah. lots of it. Um, She's had very bad luck. And yeah, my, my people have... You know, some... we need to get her a limpia. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right? Seriously, dude. I think so. Oh, sorry, Catherine. <laughs> it's a cultural thing. Yes. Um, but basically, <laughs> but basically there, it's, it's a little procedure, um, and it's a way to rid the body of negative energy. energy. Oh, yeah. like Reiki. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. We should just do like a Reiki session one day. You know, like. Yeah. Although See? I have to say, every time you say you have a massage therapist, I keep meaning to ask for the number because there are days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's Absolutely. in the neighborhood, so I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> so, like, I know in the beginning, we were all, um, well, I just remember the ori orientation when you talked about how, like, careful you were with everything, cleaning, um, groceries, and then you were really, really, like, taking, on yeah, you mm -hmm. were on it and everything, <clears throat> and I kind of wasn't, but then again, I, I, I didn't leave my house, which I was fine with, you know, but I think that, like, being around people that were just like okay i'm i started taking it more seriously um which helped me and thank goodness that's helped that my family and i like in my household have not uh gotten covid um but you just sometimes can't help it and mm -hmm. and i mean here's the case um, probably like 75 percent of our team has now gotten covid right mm -hmm. i mean for your situation because i i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about i met kathy are you open to talk about your sure. situation like how we got it yeah like how so, it was you know well, because you got it early like, on right yeah i think i got it like 2020 november <laughs> thanksgiving and like right after we started working pretty much like a month yeah, later. yeah like about a month later um so let's see i got it november 2020 um so like you i'm an introvert i was happy to stay home not making no plans uh stay in my little basement um, but, you know, Monica was still at school. You know, I had already come home um, permanently that April. Um, but Monica was still on campus, and she was going to come home for Thanksgiving break. Um, we go pick her up, and she's, like, she's coughing. She's, like, has a headache. You know, she's not feeling good. And uh -huh. she, she tells us, like, you know, hey, like, my roommate has strep throat. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh-huh. And the weekend goes by... Okay, I messed up. It's not Thanksgiving break, but she just came home for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, the holidays, yeah. Yeah. And by the time, like, we actually, like, went to go drop her off um, back on campus, she was, like... She kind of let my mom know, like, hey, like, my head's been hurting all weekend. So, like, eh, like I'm, I think I'm a lot sicker than I've, um, I've been showing. And we were kind of just like, well, what does that mean, like... So she goes home, and she actually gets isolated um, on her campus dorm. Like, she goes into another dorm to isolate, and she she ends up testing positive. So then that following Monday, me and my mom were like, well, we can't. We get tested that Monday She after she leaves, and we all test negative. But, you know, it was just early on. Next fall, The next Tuesday, 
Um, I just remember waking up with like a sore throat, like it was aching feeling and it hurt to swallow. Um, and I'm like, well, there it is. I'm like pretty sure um, we're getting the symptoms now. And, but like you mentioned earlier, um, it just felt like a normal cold. Like I like I would just treat the symptoms as as it were as if it was a cold, um, and then um, it really didn't hit me about maybe having that I was like yeah I probably do have COVID until I took a shower, and my heavily fl- uh, floral scented honey scented um, body wash I just could not smell. That's so crazy. I was just like I I was like putting my face <laughs> in the loofah like <laughs> like it's not hitting me. <laughs> And I was like, well, there it is. I lost my sense of smell, and I probably lost my sense of taste. Um, and I think the next day we all went to go test it, and we, um, we tested positive. positive. Yeah. Was it hard to get a test back then, November of 2020? Um, n- there wasn't as many places as there are now. Um, I remember we went to... Um, South Holland. We went to South Holland um, to get tested, um, and it was like a drive-through testing. Oh, I remember that one. And even then, that was packed. Yeah, like, we were there for like two, three hours just to like get finally make it to the person, mm-hmm. get our test done, and then like leave. But um, I thought I right now. But definitely now, I see like a lot more places um, where they're just like free PCR testing, mm-hmm. free rapid testing. Um, so I definitely do see that it's more, much more yeah. readily available. There were a lot more drive-through places before, yeah, before, yeah, um, before that a bunch of the pop-ups mm-hmm. started happening. Yeah, I kept when I had to um, kept using Gately Park. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I went the, there a couple of times. Yeah, the first time I went in there, and you know there was maybe twenty-five cars, and you sat there, and. Um, they handed you things in a plastic bag from yes. the end of one of those little gripper things that people use yeah. to get things out of high covered shelves, and um, and they were you know in full PPE. Uh-huh, uh huh. Yeah. And you know, literally, now we go into a place and you have a mask on, but other than that, um, yeah, it's so different. It's it is funny. I remember going to um, where did I go get mine? I. Uh, Chicago Family Health Center mm-hmm. had it in the parking lot, and um, I remember I remember we were working that day, and maybe you can't see or somebody posted like FYI they're doing tests at you know until two o'clock so I was like oh let me go over there real quick so I went and luckily um I, there was no there was probably maybe one car when I pulled up but as soon as I pulled up it's like you attract like a bunch of cars <laughs> or something it was like a whole long line after me I was like oh thank God so. But same thing, they had the whole spiel, the whole PPE uniform on, everything, and it's like, he handed me the clipboard, and then like, you know, like, he said, put your mask, you know, like, very careful and everything with the bag, and you did it yourself, and, um, yeah, it was definitely a lot different than when I went to the the one next to 7-Eleven. He's like pretty much in front of you, <laughs> right? And then you walk yeah. in, and they're not even using gloves they're anymore. Not, no, and then everybody's just sitting next to each other, like in a little space. And then they're like, "All right, come up here. That's your that's your result. That's your result." Like those drives. It's funny. I think with the masks, once we started wearing masks, then I felt a lot less worried about like picking things up in the grocery store. When the pandemic first started, I ordered cotton gloves because in the very beginning they were talking about how often we touch our faces. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know I do. And we do. And so I thought, you know, cotton gloves probably aren't going to protect me that much mm-hmm. against COVID, but they'll remind me not to touch my face. And so, but I remember going to the grocery store and choosing boxes and cans from the back of the box so that nobody would have picked them up and looked at them and contaminated them. And, um, you know, once people started wearing masks, you felt, whether it was justified or not, that you could kind of go out in public and get necessary stuff done, shop, and um, pick stuff up, drop stuff off, and not think that, you know, you were bathing in other people's germs. Yeah, so for me, um, my experience was um, in March, so I was, po- me and my best friend, like, we've been traveling around her birthday every year for the last couple of years, and we were supposed to go to L.A. Um, the week that we shut down here, right? Um, we were supposed to come back that 
13th or 14th the weekend and the week before I said you know I just read the news and there was a woman who um, an airline attendant who was positive for COVID they went through LAX and I'm like I don't know if I'm comfortable going you know because there still wasn't this real like it wasn't here there was a one yeah. case in January I think but it hadn't you know been all over the place yeah. it was going on in Seattle um, so we went out for my friend's birthday that weekend here. Um, it was it was myself, one of my kids, um, her two kids, and her. And, you know, we went and celebrated the weekend. And that was a Saturday. And then Sunday she went to the indoor water park. And she had asked me to go. And I was just like, I don't like indoor water parks as it is. It's just too hot in there for me. And then Monday I go by to pick up some stuff for her. Um... And she got in my car, and she's coughing. She's like, I don't feel good. And I'm like, get out. <laughs> I'm like, get out. Um, and so then Tuesday, she ends up going to the doctor. Um, Tuesday or Wednesday. And then it takes her out for three weeks, right? Completely three weeks. Like, I'm checking on her every day. Like, I had my kids make tea, you know. Like, I we, we made it at home. We put it in a, mm-hmm. in a thermos. We sent it. With, you know, a whole bunch of other things. Mucinex, everything that you think you need. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what she has, but it's probably this. Yeah. So for those two weeks, the first two weeks that she's sick, we are sitting around and I am paranoid. Because I'm like, we. I just sat in the car with you. You were yeah. coughing and I was breathing your droplets. Right? So um, I'm like, every day that went by, I was grateful that, you know. Yeah. And I didn't sleep well because I didn't want to go to bed and wake up in my own pool of sweat. Like, I needed to be prepared. I didn't want to get caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was stressful. And my if you talk to my kids, I stressed them out too. Like, we cleaned everything. Like, my house has never been cleaner because we were cleaning every baseboard and every crack and crevice and, and everything that you could in the household because I just wanted to wipe everything down. Yeah, doorknobs, light mm-hmm. switch plates, um, edges of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... And it was so much harder back then to get tested. I mean, like, I know if you were young or in pretty healthy, I guess, um, in good health, then they wouldn't even bother testing you. Uh, They just assumed that you had COVID, you know? And she was a law enforcement official, so um, they had opened up, I think, two sites. One was maybe in Joliet. But you had to get there early enough, um, and they only had a limited amount of tests, so maybe 200 and something. So she couldn't even get tested, um, you know, and and the doctor, you know, she couldn't, she also could not get tested in the beginning because she didn't have all the symptoms Mm. that that they had identified as those Mm -hmm. pertaining to COVID. Um, and she's like, I just, I can't breathe. I'm having coughing fits. Like, you know, I, she slept all day for three weeks. I mean, um, I think the, the one thing she didn't have was the fever. And so it was okay. a fever that kept her from getting tested. Wow. So yeah. her doctor at the end of three weeks, finally, she's like, look, I feel better, but you know, so they tested her, not tested her. She went in for another x-ray. Um, and at that point, I think she had bronchitis and they gave her, you know, a Z-pack. Um, and she started to feel better and then she went back to work, but they weren't going to let her go back to work until she, yeah. you know, stopped yeah. coughing. Wow. It's funny with testing, so much has happened that un- until you start sort of looking back and thinking, remember at the very beginning when the CDC messed up the reagents in the tests and that delayed testing functionally for probably three or four weeks. And you wonder now, like how much that could or would have changed how things turned out. Probably not, but at the time, and for people like your friend, there was no way to show that they had had COVID, you know, no way to get people that they worked for to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So coming back to your question, I think not knowing whether or not we had been exposed um, prepared me for, you know, being, being careful, just okay. being careful um, prepared me for this work because... You know, I reached out to people like my friend's a nurse in a pulmonology department. I'm like, 
what are y'all doing? Like, what what do you do when somebody's sick in a household? And that's how I develop COVID kids, right? You know, I'm like, okay, everybody needs their own trash bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna throw all your garbage in there. Everybody needs water bottles. You know, I I assemble the kits. So like tea, the vitamin C's, the medicines. So the disposable forks and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. Like I didn't have to touch anything until, you know, if anybody was sick, yeah, like, we go in and clean it up later. Um, but you know, and it was just general paranoia. Like my kids finally, I mean, they were bored, right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. let them go out. Um, we had this whole plan for how they were going to pick up medicine at Walgreens. It was ridiculous. It was like 18, 18 <laughs> steps I wrote and I was just like, forget it. And the kids were a little, I mean, they're, they're kind of fearless too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, you know, whatever. I'll just mm-hmm. go touch it and I'll clean my hands. Um, and I wanted them to like be decontaminated in one of those <laughs> decontamination rooms. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I, so I do have a funny story to tell. So they were bored. Um, we were we were buying movies. Like I was writing them. I didn't care. Like I felt like it was apocalypse. And I'm like, just who who could take this money with them? Just rent the movies. Um, <laughs> so they asked for a PS4, right? Uh-huh. And at that time, um, New York was like the hot spot, and it was just it was overwhelming. It was scary. And at some point, I had to stop watching TV because I just could not, I mentally could not deal with like absorbing all that. Um, yeah. amount of death right so we we ordered the ps4 and they're like let's go pick it up i'm like i'm not touching nothing anybody else has touched um so the ps4 ended up coming being shipped from new york and i'm like <laughs> we're gonna burn it burn the cardboard burn the whole thing i don't care how much it costs i don't want to touch it um but i also found myself being super super generous like so once we felt comfortable ordering food and takeout and instacart like I was dropping fat tips because yeah. I felt also guilty that I had the privilege of working from home and mm-hmm. getting paid and my income had not been disrupted, um, that my kids were home with me and they were safe. Mm-hmm. And it just made me feel like there were people out there who still, who had lost jobs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, and that was around tax time, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I had this extra money and, and I'm just like, I'm going to share it with people who are out there bringing me food. Yeah. And, you know, my, you know, the kids are just like, how much tip did you just say? I was like 20 bucks. But what am I going to do with it? I saved a lot of money being mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. So I just had extra to give. Yeah. And I was very grateful for them mm-hmm. and also recognizing my privilege um, and being in my own home. And so I was worried about friends who lived in apartment buildings because I'm like, man, you got to you got to breathe that same space in an elevator like that air, you yeah. know, like that was just scary. for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, deciding, you know, I don't get stuff delivered, but I do take out. And there's one restaurant, um, a microbrewery that I really like. And it's like, OK, I'm going to take out from there and that's going to be my one place so that you know they can keep going and they can survive the pandemic and yes i tipped generously i tipped you know like i was dining in when i was taking Mm -hmm. out but um you were so aware of how lucky you were Mm -hmm. you know to be able to stay home and work from home and um just you know you wanted to make sure that other people could be okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that as far as you could, you know, you'd support people who were having it rough. Yeah. So I recently had COVID um, probably the second week in January. Um, and as much as I had prepared at the, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I wasn't quite as prepared, um, you know, when I, when I, it actually like worked its way through our, our home. Um, but I did buy in you know, in 2020, I bought everything that people had recommended that worked, right? So I already had a little arsenal full of, you know, the query. I don't know how to say it. Quercetin. I had the zinc. I had the vitamin C, um, a thousand milligram packets. I had elderberries, vitamin D. You know, I had a everything. whole slew of stuff um, that I knew we were going to need. Um, and thankfully, you know, got by almost two years without it, you know. Um, but, at, you know, at some point you just become a little, you be, I never say comfortable. Like, you just learn to manage mm-hmm. moving around and, and doing things a little bit more normally. 
Um, and so, you know, just put your guards down a little. And um, so anyway, so we get sick. Um, I get sick a few days after the kids start showing symptoms. And I knew there was no way to avoid it, but I sure was keeping my fingers crossed. I'm like, they have their own bathroom. I have mine. But, you know, I was with my kid and we were driving around together. So there was no way to avoid her coughing and me thinking it was her allergies because she had just like deep cleaned her room. So that's what we thought that was. Anyway, um, so it was Wednesday night and, you know, the kids were in their rooms. I was in the, in the, in the living room and just kind of watching TV by myself. I was bored. Um, and my eyeballs got really hot. And that's always been the sign for me any other time in my life when I get sick. Like, my eyes get hot, right? And I was like, oh, man, here it comes. And then a little later after that, like, itchy throat. And so my symptoms pretty much, like, they came on, like, one day at a time. Never all at once. Um, one day at a time. So, like, the next morning, I think um, I had a fever and it never went over like a degree and a half or two deg two degrees over you know the normal so I was okay and it would come and go so it never just stayed it was like peekaboo here I am and then go back away and show up later um that Friday I remember waking up and my throat felt like I had been chewing on glass so I'm like, man, how do what am I gonna do and I was like oh there's chloroseptic right and the chloroseptic tastes like a big old band-aid but it does its job, right? <laughs> so I went and I opened wide and I was just like spraying and I just let it sit there so it could really just coat. Um, and it did the thing and my throat really didn't bother me the rest mm -hmm. the way it did that morning. But it did, um, you know, it did linger for a little while. And, and then I just had to cough, post nasal drip. And then when I thought I was getting better, the following Tuesday, I woke up and I felt a little off, um, but that Tuesday night at six, seven o'clock, the fever came on, it came on fast, it came on strong, and I was burning up. Um, we, we had to get ice packs and kind of just put them on my forehead, the back of my neck, you know, I put it on my wrist, just anywhere that just felt good. I mean, drink really ice cold water. Um, and as much as I wanted to stay covered, you know, you, you just can't really cover your body. You got to just let it work itself off. So I didn't sleep well that night because, again, I was scared that the, the my fever was not going to break. Mm -hmm. um, and at some point, I, like three-ish, I must have fallen asleep. Because I remember looking at my phone at about two-something. I was just so tired I couldn't stay up. Um, and the next morning, I felt much better. But the day after that, I... I now have what is a lingering symptom, and it's this lightheadedness. Oh. Like, not vertigo, because it's not officially mm -hmm. diagnosed, and I don't feel that dizzy the way other people who mm -hmm. have vertigo describe it, but it is a little off. Um, so there's that, and then just recently, the my heart rate, like, it mm -hmm. just, it'll just beat fast, like, out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm not even doing nothing. I'm wow. sitting here, so... Um, I have a, a whole bunch of follow-up appointments mm -hmm. just trying to make sure like yeah. whatever we can do to address the, that mm -hmm. so that it's taken care of. But um, in terms of medicine, you know, I think just having, um, taking vitamin D regularly, you know, having fresh fruits around the house, um, lots and lots and lots of liquids. I think that really helped. Um, and so I, I'm when I tell my friends and family like, you know, when they start encountering this, I'm like, you should have enough water, enough liquids that you have bladder splatter, right? Like, <laughs> like you're running to the bathroom every 30 minutes because you really just want to, you have to keep yourself hydrated yeah. um, and, and flush out what you can. Um, and I think that really helped along with the teas. Like I had fresh ginger, I had fresh cinnamon, I had fresh turmeric. Um, with honey and lemon pretty much all day. And at one point, I was just mixing the stuff together and <laughs> eating it by the tablespoon. Um, I don't know if, if all of those things helped, but mm -hmm. I, I do believe they, they do have a lot of good benefit. Oh, and I drink pineapple juice. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, fresh because pineapple it, juice? It, it's, um... It helps with the coughing. I don't... Oh. I forget what is in pineapples uh -huh. that... Um, 
reduces the the tickle in the throat with the really coffee. i'm not i'm gonna look it up oh, um man, because my friend it. who's the yeah. nurse is my phone died my friend is a nurse who is the one that dropped it off so um i don't know what the chemical not the chemical but the the mineral yeah. element compound whatever it is mm-hmm. that's in there um, but look it up yeah definitely it helped as soon as I start coughing, Does I went and got that. Does it work only with fresh pineapple, or would canned pineapple work? It was canned. Okay. okay. It was just the juice, though. She didn't give me the pineapple. Mm-hmm. So we just mixed it up, and I yeah. drank it, and I was like, oh, this is this works wonders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. how about you? A year later. Wait, has that been a year? Already? A year and a half. A year and a half later. Do you have any lingering symptoms or... Well, if we post the picture for the Facebook for the oh, podcast, yes. you'll see you'll see exactly what I mean. And this is, this, this was like New Year's 2021, 2022, um, that I'm over here stuffing tissue paper up my nose because I can't stand the smell of chocolate. That is so crazy. I, I used to love chocolate. Um, I don't eat Oreos anymore. I don't eat Nutella anymore. Um, chocolate cake, nothing like that. It does, and and even coffee smell too. I used to love the smell of coffee. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I can't tell from here. <laughs> Probably because it's in the lid. But um, um, I really didn't notice it until maybe the end of 2021, where I was just like, hmm, like the, like, like I knew I couldn't like chocolate like tasted off to me, but it wasn't until again the the end of 2021 where I was just like, it's really the smell that I can't mm-hmm. stand. Like I can't like it makes me gag. It make it, I can't. I flinch away from whatever it is. And I remember when I was at my friend's for New Year's, um, she had gotten like these chocolate chip muffins, and I love chocolate chip muffins. And I didn't, but I didn't want to ruin the eating experience with the smell because I couldn't eat it. So that picture there, and then um, I was just like, you know what? If it's really the smell that's uh-huh. that's like disrupt disrupting my taste of chocolate, what would happen if I just like. Um, just stuff my nose would i would, would chocolate still taste the same but it is it's also like um your smell has a lot to do with your taste as well so i wasn't uh, this was like my first time trying this out and i was, didn't know if i was even going to be able to taste the chocolate um so i plugged my nose up and i ate the chocolate muffin and it was delicious and hey, it was like the first time it was the first time i had thoroughly enjoyed so chocolate funny. oh my gosh in a long time <laughs> So now uh, I still try to stay away from chocolate. Um, just, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's good, uh, good health wise. You know, yeah. I don't eat as much chocolate anymore or um, sweets that contain chocolate. Um, but now, like something, if I really want something that has chocolate or that mm-hmm. is chocolate, I will um, stuff my nose. So recently, um, Monica. My sister had her birthday party. She had a chocolate cake. And I was like, well, I really want some chocolate mm-hmm. cake. So I stuffed my nose then. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going so right? to try that when I eat the chicken wings. Mm-hmm. But the chicken wings more is a taste. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like I'm eating, not that I know what firewood tastes like. <laughs> no, but it's the smell, the association. Yeah. It tastes like firewood. And so... Um, other than that, things are things are off. Like, and I think it's just random because I went to Kokula's the other day and it was the best torta ever. Like, it was just delicious, and I felt like I was able to enjoy it. But there's some things and some days where I, I don't know if if it's certain foods over another, and I probably should pay a little more attention to that. But um, I also notice things are, and I always have over salted my foods. Things are too salty for me now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the pineapple juice contains bromelain, which is like in a, a specific enzyme. Um, and it has anti-inflammatory and like pain-reducing properties. So, you know, it. I thought it was helpful because as soon as I drink it within like two minutes, the coughing has stopped. And I love pineapple juice. I love anything with pineapple. Like just love pineapple me too so that's good to know <laughs> just in case but no that that is good to know for like because i do get that tickly cough a lot and it's like the worst like trying to hold in your breath or trying to like not cough is horrible so that's good to know i'll it. just add to part of what helped me as well was just being a part of facebook groups um mm-hmm. that dealt with covid so like covid survivors um groups and they just talked about things that they did mm-hmm. and you know, it's very personal because they also talk about the losses, you know, of loved ones um, and themselves. 
um, including like hair loss and, you know, COVID toes and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I felt like I got a lot of information from them um, as well. So I suggest people just, you know, if they want that kind of information, that they join a group yeah. um, that talks about people's experiences with COVID. And we'll make sure to note in our description, like some pub, some groups that can be joined, yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. um, recommended groups on Facebook. But also, um, make sure you're following us on our Facebook page, CAIC Community Outreach. Message us with any questions that you have. Um, even if you want to just vent or, you know, have a situation that you want to that you want to talk about, or if you want to be a guest. Like, we would love to have guests on here. We don't have to do it in, in person. We can do Zoom if you feel more comfortable doing that. Um, we can always re- arrange it, but let us know what you want to hear. Let us know uh, what you're interested in and if you have any questions. And yeah, we, you know, this this is this is what we want this um, podcast to be, is a community, a community podcast, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and have ongoing conversations. And it it would be nice to be able to just even talk about other things. It doesn't have to be about COVID. So we're here for the community. So if you're an organization or a member of organization and you want our staff to come out and, you know, answer questions that people have, we are going to be more than happy to come out and, and do that for you. Yes. Uh, for general COVID questions in Chicago, you can call the hotline. That's 312-746-4835. And they can put you in touch with resources as well for help with utilities, food, or rent. It's been a rough couple of years for a lot of people. And um, if you want to make appointments for um, any of the vaccine series, you can go ahead and use that same number. um, And somebody will schedule, you know, find you a location and they will schedule... Um, that for you and then if you want to reach our team or um, have any questions for us or just you know would like to be a guest or you know and you don't have Facebook uh, you can reach us at um, Kathy at Calumet area industrial.com Kathy is spelled C-A-T-H-I at Calumet area industrial.com And we'll make sure to include all of this information in the description of our episode. Uh, Yay, ladies. Congratulations. We just finished our first episode. Um, Really looking forward to the future ones. Um, So glad that we're finally doing this because I know we've been talking about it a lot for a while. We sure have. Uh, So, yeah. So, thank you all for listening to us. Make sure to let us know what you want to hear in the future. And catch us at our next community combo. Woo! Yay! Woo-hoo!